Hey, it's Nathan, and this is day 79 of the Bible in 90 Days, and we're finishing up the Gospels today with John chapter 16 through 21, and then moving into the book of Acts and its first six chapters. The first chapter today, John 16, is a chapter well worth reading. It begins with this line revealing Jesus' deliberate purpose in his final days before his crucifixion, or I should say his final hours before his crucifixion as he speaks to the disciples. All this I have told you so that you will not fall away. A few lines later, Jesus assured the grief-stricken disciples, puzzled by the news of his imminent departure, very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Jesus further explained the work of the Holy Spirit. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. As the disciples wrestled with the implications of Jesus' words, he offered them comfort. Now is your time of grief, but I will see you again, and you will rejoice, and no one will take away your joy. In that day, you will no longer ask me anything. Very truly, I tell you, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now, you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive, and your joy will be complete. He also declared, the Father himself loves you. And the chapter ends, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. John 17, another chapter well worth reading, is Jesus' magnificent intercessory prayer before his death. Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you. Now this is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. I pray for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those that you have given me, for they are yours. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. My prayer is not for them alone, I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. John 18 begins with the betrayal and arrest of Jesus. Again, similar to Matthew, Mark, and Luke, but including this. Jesus, knowing all that was going to happen to him, went out and asked them, Who is it you want? Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. I am he, Jesus said. And Judas the traitor was standing there with them. When Jesus said, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. Once the mob regained their senses, they arrested Jesus. Though before his arrest, Jesus asked the disciples, Be spared, since the mob was only seeking him. We also learn from John that Peter was the one who, with a sword, cut off the ear of the high priest's servant. The rest of the chapter, 
Peter's denial and Jesus before Pilate largely overlaps with Matthew, Mark, and Luke. John 19 records the crucifixion of Jesus, adding some additional insights to the narrative, including that Pilate was afraid of the Jews as he tried to reason with them and with Jesus, seeking a way to release Jesus while not alienating the bloodthirsty Jewish leadership. During one of Pilate's conversations with Jesus, he had declared, Don't you realize I have power either to free you or to crucify you? Jesus answered, You would have no power over me if it were not given to you from above. Therefore, the one who handed me over to you is guilty of a greater sin. From then on, Pilate tried to set Jesus free, but the Jewish leaders kept shouting, If you let this man go, you are no friend of Caesar. Anyone who claims to be a king opposes Caesar. And that pushed Pilate over the edge ultimately leading to his handing Jesus over to be crucified. It was also during this exchange that the Jewish leaders overreached themselves, declaring, We have no king but Caesar. Then Jesus is crucified, and John informs us that Pilate had a sign affixed to the cross, Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews. When the Jewish leaders protested, he declared simply, What I have written I have written. One other insight John gives into the crucifixion is this. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, Woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. From that time on, this disciple took her into his home. Jesus was then buried, and John informs us that Not only was Joseph of Arimathea involved, but also Nicodemus, the man who earlier had visited Jesus at night. Nicodemus brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 75 pounds. John 20 reports that Mary Magdalene, the following morning, found the tomb empty and returned to Peter, declaring, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. Immediately, Peter and another disciple ran to the tomb and found the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Then John tells of Mary Magdalene and Jesus' first post-resurrection encounter. Woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was The gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus then gave her a message to take back to the disciples. I am ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. Jesus appeared to the disciples later that evening, although Thomas was not with them. John tells us that Jesus appeared a week later, however, when Thomas was present with the disciples. Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. 
John notes near the end of the chapter, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book, but these are written that you may believe. John 21, the final chapter of John, another chapter well worth reading, records a touching interaction between Jesus and his disciples when he appeared to them by the Sea of Galilee. The disciples had been fishing all night and caught nothing. In the morning, a man called to them from the beach, Friends, haven't you any fish? Then he instructed, Throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. The catch was too big to haul. Immediately, they recognized it was Jesus. And Peter, the one who had so recently denied him, jumped into the water and rushed to meet Jesus. Then the disciples had breakfast with him. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. The last story in the book is of Jesus' touching affirmation that Peter was forgiven and ready for the mission. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. And now we're in the book of Acts, written by Luke, that tells the story of the early church. Chapter 1 opens with these words. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. After describing briefly the ascension of Jesus, the chapter turns to the account of the apostles replacing Judas, asking the Holy Spirit to guide them, as they cast lots between two men, Joseph called Barabbas, also known as Justice, and Matthias. The lot fell to Matthias, who then officially took Judas' place. Acts chapter 2, by the way, another chapter well worth reading, records the out pouring of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Under this powerful gift, the apostles began to tell the story of Jesus to the crowds of travelers who had come for the festival. 
When the crowd accused them of being drunk, Peter stood and preached to them, explaining what was happening and telling the story of Jesus. The response of the people was powerful. Brothers, what shall we do? And after Peter's instruction and appeal, those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. The rest of the chapter describes the vibrant, growing church, including these words. The believers were together and had everything in common. Every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. Acts 3, another chapter well worth reading, tells about the healing of a lame beggar outside of the temple by Peter. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. This miracle provided another opportunity for Peter to preach, and he took it. Fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we had made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant, Jesus. This powerful message about Jesus occupies the rest of the chapter. Acts 4 begins. The priests and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. They were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people, proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. They seized Peter and John, and because it was evening, they put them in jail until the next day. But many who heard the message believed, so the number of men who believed grew to about 5,000. The next day, Peter and John are grilled by the religious leaders. By what power or what name did you do this? In response, a spirit-filled Peter spoke directly to this prestigious body. It is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. The leaders consulted together and then ordered the disciples not to say another word about Jesus. To which the disciples replied, in part, We cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. Immediately upon their release, they told their friends all that had happened and then prayed together for great boldness to keep preaching the story of Jesus. The chapter finishes by telling how the believers shared everything they had, even at times selling possessions, giving the funds to the apostles to be distributed to anyone who had need. Acts 5 begins with the tragic story of Ananias and Sapphira, who died as a result of lying to Peter, and ultimately God, about the sale of their land. As a result, great fear seized the whole church and all who heard about these events. The chapter then records that, The apostles performed many signs and wonders among the people, and that they were highly regarded by the people. 
These were heady times. People brought the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and mats so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he passed by. Then the high priest and all his associates, who were members of the party of the Sadducees, were filled with jealousy. They arrested the apostles and put them in the public jail. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail and brought them out. Go, stand in the temple courts, he said, and tell the people all about this new life. The next morning, the apostles were again brought in to stand before the Sanhedrin, though cautiously, because the officers feared that the people would stone them. The council accused the apostles, You have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and are determined to make us guilty of this man's blood. Peter and the other apostles replied, We must obey God rather than human beings. The religious leaders were furious and wanted to put them to death. But a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law, who was honored by all the people, stood up in the Sanhedrin and ordered that the men be put outside for a little while. His speech persuaded them. They called the apostles in and had them flogged. Then they ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. As you know by now, it did no good. The apostles kept preaching Jesus with boldness. Acts 6 tells us that due to a complaint of neglect from the Hellenistic Jews, the young church chose seven deacons to address this need among the Hellenistic Jews as well as other needs, so that the apostles could give their full attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. One of the seven chosen was Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, who performed great wonders and signs among the people. His ministry and teaching were so powerful that he was ultimately arrested and brought before the Sanhedrin. And that's all for today.